Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Now let's listen to Pastor Dave Crocker. Well, I hope you've had a, a good uh, a good rest so far and who, who had a good Christmas day, enjoyed their time. Um, we're... we're Really enjoying our, this. I just love this time of year. This kind of between Christmas and New Year's, where you don't know what day of the week it is. You don't know whether you're coming or going. You don't know. All you know is that uh, it's really hot. And so, uh, at least there's a little bit of aircon in here. So I'll, I'll, I won't preach too long. Maybe an hour this morning. And and <laughs> in fact, this I was just realising this is the first time I've ever preached in this slot between. Christmas and New Year's since I've been here. We normally just play a DVD, but I thought I'm working through most of this uh, period, so I thought, oh, I don't know, just actually preach a message this year. So here we go. This is something new for me, uh, preaching a message in this slot. So you get the 30-second version this morning. But often when uh, when I'm uh, working through uh, something in my personal world or in... Uh, hold on, I think I've got the entire wrong message open, so that... Uh, Let's try that one. That, who would like me to preach the right message? I could preach your last week's message. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so here we go. You can tell it's between Christmas and New Year's, can't you? So one of the things that, I, I, that kind of is a hallmark of this time of year is New Year's resolutions. Who's a New Year's resolutions kind of person? Who does New Year's resolutions? Show hands if you're a New Year. Wow, not, not a single hand. Not one single hand. That is awesome. Well, thanks for coming to church today. Uh, I've really got nothing else to say. No, but but when, when, we, when we approach this, there's two camps, and obviously we've got the second camp. So the first camp are people who approach New Year's and make resolutions. The rest of us are the ones that have worked out that that doesn't really work, and, and we just kind of get on with it. In fact, for many, and I'm in this boat, um, my New Year's resolutions is to not make New Year's resolutions. I, I don't like them. The very last New Year's resolution I ever made was in uh, 1999. It was a 98-99 crossover, and I was heading to Bible college, and, and I, I sat there at the start of the year, and I, okay, God, what am I going to commit myself to this year? What are some of the hallmarks for me while I'm at Bible college? You know what? I'm not going to get in a relationship well, this this year. And that sounded really great on the 31st of December, 1998. But, but once college started, and, and, and I just saw these amazing girls from all over the place, I went, thank God I made that resolution. Because <laughs> it would have been a very distracting year. But I, I stuck to it. The whole year, I went, you know what? I'm not going to go on a single date this year. And it was hard saying no to so many people. Like, I don't know... It, I mean, you look at this package now, but you've got to imagine, you know, this was, this was 15 years ago, 18 years ago, you know, at 20... <laughs> you be quiet. Your name is not here for preaching. And, and look, and, you know, I girl after girl. Anyway, you know the story. And, and uh, most of you probably don't know the story, but it was real for me. And, and anyway, so we got to the end of that year and making New Year's resolutions again, and, and I was, and I was like, okay, hey God, what am I going to commit myself to? And I said to myself... I'm not going to date a girl again this year. I was like, okay. 
And then I just had this thing in me going, you know what, I don't think I should make that decision this year. And so I didn't. I, I said, okay, I'm not going to make that decision. And you look, not much long later, Kira and I were dating, luckily for her, because this could have been a whole different outcome if I'd made that decision. That was the very last time I ever made a New Year's resolution. I haven't done it since and don't intend to do a whole lot, except the kind of this year I want to come at a bit different. And I'm kind of hoping that by the end of it, some of us in here today might make a decision to make a New Year's resolution. When it comes to this time of year and, and kind of thinking about the year ahead, I reckon we've got two groups of people. We've got the dreamers and the realists. You know which camp you're in. You know whether you're a dreamer or you know whether you're a realist. And there's an interesting thing about dreamers and realists. You know what happens to them? They get married. Dreamers and realists marry each other. And it makes for some interesting times. Is that true? And, and how many couples here would say that yeah, yeah, it's kind of true for you guys? Yeah, yeah. Look, a few nods, a few hands. And some of you don't realise that it's true, but it is because it's in my sermon notes. And as we come to the new year, dreamers talk like this. This is my year. This is going to be phenomenal. I'm so excited about all that's going to happen this year. And the realist says, well, you said that last year. Dreamers, we're going to put this up, dreamers love the word wow. Realists like the word well. Wow, this is going to be amazing. Well, okay, how are you going to do that? So dreamers and realists look at New Year's and the whole upcoming year very, very differently. And there's nothing right or wrong with either of those positions. It's just how we're white. You're either a dreamist or, or a realist. So let's do a show of hand. Who here thinks they're more in the dreamer category? You, 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 you've got, you're a vision kind of Wow. And who would say they're realists? That explains a lot. Wow. And the rest of you that haven't put your hand up, haven't worked it out yet, it probably means you're a realist. So here's, here's what I want to do today. I'm actually just I'm a little gobsmacked that there's so many realists in the room. I want to bring us all together. Whether you're a dreamer or a realist, I want us to view New Year's and this upcoming year through a particular lens. And I believe whether you're a dreamer or a realist, that there's a great way to look at things. And ultimately, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about a question. And that question and its answer has the potential to shape your entire year. To the extent that dreamers can look back in 12 months and say, wow, that was amazing. And the realists can look back and say, well, that was unexpected. Now to get to that question, I have to bring us all together with a particular lens of how to view New Year's. Whether you're a dreamer or whether you're a realist, I'm talking about viewing this year through the lens of what I'm calling possibility. It's the lens of seeing this year ahead with immense and massive possibility. Okay, realists, let me talk to you for a second and tell you why it's important for you. Where's the dreamers in this room, the, the, the small handful of us that exist in this place? Appreciate your pushback. We appreciate your questions. But you need to be really, really careful that you don't transition from being a realist to being a pessimist. 
See, the shadow side of realism is pessimism. Pessimism is often negativity without a cause, and it can be a really short step between being a realist and being a pessimist. Realism displays caution and seeks wisdom and knowledge. Pessimism blocks progress and stalls change. Realism helps get gets things right. Pessimism just stops things happening. Listen to some of the synonyms for pessimism. Defeatism, negative thinking, expecting the worst, gloominess, hopelessness, cynicism. Gee, that sounds like a really fun person to be around. Who wants to hang out with them for lunch today? Invite that person out for lunch and see how you get on. It's okay to ask questions, but just be really careful that you don't transition into becoming a pessimist. Dreamers, it's okay to dream. It's not okay to leave it in as, as an illusion. The shadow side for dreamers is illusion. Illusionists believe their own dreams even when they have no basis in reality. Here are some synonyms for illusion. Delusion, misconception, deception, false impression, fantasy, self-deception. As dreamers, we've got to help the realists in our life figure out how to take a couple of steps because the risk for a dreamer is it stays in the realm of dreams and never has any progress towards reality. A dreamer needs to commit to developing a plan. So we need each other. The dreamer needs the realist to help them take some steps and the realist needs the dreamer to know what to step towards and the way that you do that is believing in the power of possibility. And here is why it's so important. Possibility fuels the potential for a better future. Possibility fuels the potential for a better year. And possibility fuels the potential for a better you. In fact, if we think of it this way, most of the the breakthroughs that have happened in society or in churches, business, culture, organisations, most of the breakthroughs that have happened can be traced back to someone or a group of people who actually thought something was possible. That small group got together and thought, you know what, this just might be possible. And it fueled the potential of what they were called to do. But the opposite is is true as well. If you don't believe it's possible, you're correct. So whatever you might think about the year ahead, if you think it's possible, that's great. If you don't think it's possible, you're correct. You choose. So whether you're a dreamist or a realist, I want to challenge you today to view the year ahead through the lens of possibility. Let me give you an example of two guys, don't put the slide up yet, who understand, have you already done it? Okay, <clears throat> sorry, my bad. You're on the ball, well done. Of two guys, now we'll put it up, don't say anything. Does anyone under the age of 20 know who that is? Anyone under the age of 30? 40? 50? 60? 70? They're old. It's not a colour photo. 80. Anyone know who they are? Anyone want to have a guess? They are the right brothers. That's why you sit in the second row. You keep getting questions like that, you'll get promoted to the front row. These guys are the right brothers. Now, anyone under the age of 15 in here know what they did? They're not the Warner brothers. It's the Wright brothers. Dita, 
I, mate, you're not 15. Mate, you're not even close. Anyone at Mitchell? Do you know what the Wright brothers did? Dita! I already growled at you once. Rose, you flip, you, you just might take off. Okay, let's go to the next photo. These guys invented the car. And they invented flight. Well, they didn't invent flight. Flight already existed. They worked out how to do flight. And the thing about these guys, and this might make you nervous next time you fly, they had no right to do it. <laughs> that was totally unintentional. I'm that good. They, they had no business doing it. Do you know what they did for a living? Mate, you're awesome. You've Googled it, haven't you? Mate, they, they ran a bike shop. They, they fixed bikes. Do you know what they did for a hobby? Come on. This is, this is the, the million-dollar question. You just picture I'm Eddie Maguire. This is the million-dollar question. You can't phone a friend. They had a particular hobby. Anyone? No, they didn't fly kites. It was to do with flight. Sorry? Ballooning, no. They, that wasn't about them being in the air because at that point they, they liked to draw something. So there's your, 50, there's, there's your phone a friend. I, I think they like to draw something. Oh, that's all that's coming to mind. Anyone? Birds. They, they were bird watchers and they liked to draw birds and they got together one day and, you went and said to each other, you know what, I reckon we, can we could work out how to harness the same forces that the birds use to fly. I reckon we could do this. Some of you need to spend a bit longer reading Wikipedia pages. Your history is awful. <clears throat> I've got the distinct advantage of I researched the sermon, so I've got the notes in front of me. So, so they, they got together. Now, they, they weren't trained engineers. They were bike mechanics back in the day when bikes were fairly simple things, fairly new things, but fairly simple things. But they decided it just might be possible, not knowing how to do it, not having the finance to do it, not even thinking through the possibility that this could kill them trying to do it. They just thought, you know what, let's give this a go. The American government at the time decided that flight would be a good thing, and so they contracted a man uh, by the name of, does anyone know? No, you don't, Samuel Langley, and they paid him $70,000, which is a lot of money back in like 58 BC, to develop flight, and, and they, they paid them $70,000, and he completely failed. Had no clue, could not get it done. Yet these bike mechanics who drew birds with a budget of less than $1,000 conquered flight. They believed in the power of possibility. They looked at life through the lens of possibility. It's the power of possibility whether you're a dreamer or a realist. If you don't believe that's possible, you're correct. But possibility can fuel the potential for a better future, for a better year, for a better you. And the question is, what do you think is possible for the new year? Do you think it's 
possible to take steps to make your financial situation better so that you can take steps to be more financially free? Do you think it's possible? If you do, then you've taken a step forward. If you don't, you're correct. What do you think for your marriage? Do you think it's possible for your marriage to get better? If you don't, then you're correct. What do you think is possible for your health? What do you think is possible for your life, for your emotional life? What do you think is possible for your spiritual life? What do you think is possible in the new year? And if you're a dreamer or if you're a realist, if you can begin to answer this question, it's a very, very helpful way to view the year ahead. Now, I think that's a really helpful question. And we could spend the rest of the message talking about that particular question, but I don't want to do that today. And the reason I don't want to talk about that question any longer is there's actually a far greater question. It's the question I was alluding to at the start when I said the question and the answer to that question can absolutely shape your year. And the reason this question is so important is because of who's involved in the answer to the question. Here's a question that I think could shape your trajectory That's a hard word at this time of year. Trajectory for the year ahead, both individually and collectively for us as a church. And here's the question. What does God think is possible for you in the new year? Now, please, please don't miss this. What I'm trying to communicate to you this morning is that the creator of the universe thinks that there's something that is possible for you in this year. So let me get personal. I see Alan sitting there. So here's how Alan should ask this question. What does God think is possible for me in the new year? I see my wife sitting there. What does God think is possible for Carrie in the new year? And we need to spend some time personally on this question. Some of you know as the scriptures say that With God, all things are possible. And I believe that. But I want to give you a very specific answer to this question of what does God think is possible for you in the new year? And God thinks love is possible and joy is possible and peace is possible and patience is possible and kindness is possible and goodness is possible and faithfulness is possible, gentleness is possible, self-control is possible. I don't know what you think of when you see this list. I don't know whether you think, well, that's a nice list or we've heard it before. The pastor always talks about those things and I tend to fairly regularly. But please understand, it's not a nice, sweet list. This is a powerful list. This is a list that has the possibility to change your entire trajectory for 2019. For those of you who don't normally do New Year's resolutions, but maybe this year you will, every single possible New Year's resolution that you can look at can come out of this particular list of things. So when it comes to New Year's resolutions, we're actually making a decision on any change for that matter. Doesn't, you don't just make a decision at this time of year and never again. The end game is to do something with our heart because when we get our heart aligned around it, the rest of it kind of takes care of itself. That The change kind of happens anyway because our heart's in the right place towards it. For example, 
If your New Year's resolution is to take care of your finances, what God thinks is possible for you is that you could grow in the area of self-control, faithfulness to be a better steward, patience in terms of your spending habit. God believes that's possible for you. Maybe you want to get back in, in health, back in shape, even though round is a shape, maybe you want to choose a different shape. Physically, God believes self-control is possible for you. Maybe worry, anxiety and depression are battering you. God believes that there can be joy and peace and love that is available to you. Let me share how God thinks this is possible because this list, for those that may not know, comes from a, the Bible in the New Testament, the book of Galatians in chapter 5. And it's got five powerful words. The fruit of the Spirit is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. The reason that God thinks that this is possible right here is it's because it's the fruit of the Spirit. You know what that means? Very simply it means that what Jesus believes about you and what Jesus believes about me in relationship with Him, He can produce that. As we walk with him daily, he can produce this kind of fruit in our life. It's why we're not here trying to lead you into a growing religion, but into a growing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we believe, and Jesus promised this, that as you abide and stay connected to him, some powerful things begin to happen in your life. That as you do this in the year ahead, as you... Look back and see the fruit that he's produced in his life, in your life. Now let me say it this way. The people in your life want this for you because they have to live with you. My, my wife wants this for me. She, she wants me to be a better person because she has to live with me. My kids want this for me. They will benefit from this. You will benefit from this. Those around your world will benefit from you developing, can we, yeah, it's there, the list, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The people around your world want this for you. So let's be a little transparent today because as your pastor, I don't have it all together. That's my goal for next year. I'm close. Dita. I don't expect you to do something I won't do. Never have. I hope so anyway. Never will. When I preach these messages, I'm preaching to myself. Often I'm preaching to myself. I'm, when I'm preparing messages, I'm like, what is God challenging me on? What, what do I need to learn and grow in? Maybe others in the room are struggling with the same sorts of things. That's framework that I go through when I'm preparing messages. It's not just, what, what, what can I smack them around the side of the head with today? Whose turn is it to, I'm going to adjust Adam this Sunday. I'm going to preach a message just at Adam. There's a lot I could preach at Adam. but And so as your pastor, I've begun to go through this process myself. And I was brave because it's really hard to do this in isolation. So I went to my wife and said, which of those things do you think I need to work on? Just pick one. No, stop, just one. 
You can't have all nine. You get to pick one. And you know what she picked? She said, you're awesome. You don't need anything. You're just awesome. She picked the same one I'd picked. I sat down and thought, what do I think I need? You want me to tell you what it is? Anyone want to guess? Don't. <laughs> Please, that would be awful, wouldn't it? Let's have a show. I, I, I sat down for myself and thought, you know what? I need to be more patient. You got it. Stop it. See, this is a fun service to preach. You guys are relaxed. This would have been the year to do my stand-up comedy routine that I've been thinking of doing for years. Anyway, patience. And I said that to Kerry, and, and, and she said, well, she, I asked her, and she said, patience. Because sometimes I, I get angry. I've got three kids, it happens. I lead a church, it happens. Or I get frustrated or disappointed or I'm driving and the person in front of me is being a complete plonker, especially at this time of year. Everyone's going so slow. That's not their problem, that's my problem. And, and I can try and modify that behaviour, but the problem is there's a thousand behaviours I'd need to modify to get it right where all I need to do is change one characteristic underneath it and all the behaviours get taken care of. If I develop patience, when my kids are being kids, I won't get so upset at them. When I'm driving behind you and you're going 50 in a 70 zone, I won't get frustrated. When my wife, when someone else's person is doing something, I won't get frustrated or angry. When Sean Marsh or Mitchell Marsh get picked for Australia again, I won't get so angry. Because I've begun to develop patience in my life. You see how powerful that list actually is? Because the mistake most of us make is we try to modify our behaviour instead of changing our beliefs. You get hold of that thought, it'll change your life just right there, that, that and that's the mistake that most of us make in trying to, to solve problems is we change the behaviour. We don't change the belief, the basement belief that informs that behaviour. Because underneath every behaviour we have, there's a belief that's caused it, good and bad. And so this year, I'm going to develop patience. I've only got a day left. So maybe next year, that would be perfect. If I could develop patience, God, I want patience, but you've got to give it to me now. I'm not waiting till this time next year. In fact, I was praying through this this morning. I was like, God, I, I want to develop patience, but I don't want it to have to take a whole year. <laughs> the exact issue I've got, right? So I want you to be brave. This is my challenge for you. Talk to someone you love and trust that loves you. Someone that believes in you and say, what do you reckon is the one thing that I could work on this year? What is the one fruit of the Spirit? If I was to tell you that in 10 years' time, your life could be completely and utterly changed for the better, how many of you would take that? Like most of us would take that. If we're a completely different kind of person in the right way in 10 years' time, most of us would go, yep, I'm in for that. But, but the reality is all we have to do is one of these every year for nine years and we're there. I think developing that list from Galatians 5 is what being a mature Christian looks like. 
I think that's what spiritual growth and development, I think that's what God's plan for us is to, to be that. And some of us are really good at some of that and others of us are stunted in some areas and we need to grow and change and continue to do that. But here's the kicker, right? And this is the bit where most of you in this room, if I'm being honest today, are going to come unstuck. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And no amount of good intentions and planning on your part is going to change that on your own. Because it's a result of time spent with God. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it means, the fruit of the Spirit. And Jesus says, as you abide in me, as you spend time with me, and being in church is a great place, good thing to do, worshipping, praying, talking about reading our Bible, we're talking about spending time with other Christians, we're, we're talking about time reflecting. I, I do a lot of my reflecting on spiritual stuff in the middle of the night when I should be asleep and I wake up and I'm exhausted the next day, but I'm alive because I've just spent the whole night thinking through things. And it, it, It's about developing that relationship with God ongoing abiding with him, and as we do that, those things begin to develop in our lives. It's a byproduct of relationship with God. But we can also be intentional about it. I haven't developed my whole plan yet because I'm a dreamer. Kerry's a realist. You'll have to give me some steps to make it reality. But how how am I going to focus on one of them? I'm probably going to have to read a book maybe. Certainly going to have to Pray through it a little bit. Read and learn some verses on patience. What does the Bible say about patience? I'm, I'm going to um, try and every time I catch myself doing something that isn't patient, I'm going to try and repent for it in the moment. God, I'm sorry for that behaviour. Please help me to not react like that next time. Maybe I need to apologise to my kids and repent to them a bit more often. And, and maybe um, Terry's going to play a role in this as well. She just did it yesterday. I, I lost the plot over something and... and not in a bad way, just a little bit, because, you know, I'm a good man. And she said, that's not patience. I think she just mouthed the word patience. Oh, yeah. So Kerry has a role as the Holy Spirit in my life as well. That's the power of asking and inviting someone to be in the journey. And that's my challenge for you this year. Will you just pick one? Well, I'm not asking you to do all nine this year. As your pastor, I would be so happy if you nailed one of these this year so that you got to the end of December 31, 2019, you've arrived at the equivalent Sunday next year and you go, man, I'm the most patient person in the room or I'm close to it. Unfortunately, I've kind of put it out there now. And so if I don't do something with this, there's a room full of people that have heard me say that. And next time I'm exploding at you because you looked at me funny or Dieter's giving answers to questions in the sermon when I told him not to. It's okay, I don't mind being transparent. We've all got work to do. Could you do that? Would you make a New Year's resolution this year? Because none of you in this room do. Not a single person in this room admits to doing that. So this is your year. This is the year to sit down with someone you love and trust and go, what's the one? What do you reckon is the one? Because that person will know, guarantee you they'll know, they live with you or they know you. But you know what? They care about you and they want the very best for you. Because with Jesus, all things are possible. 
So here's the question, worship team come. What does God think is possible for you in the new year? And here's the answer. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's what's possible for you. So choose one. And let's go on a journey together to see what Jesus can do between now and December 31st, 2019. God, I thank you for the power of change. I thank you for the potential that this year has. God, I thank you that in 12 months' time, we could be an entirely different kind of person if we take hold of that which you've given to us, the opportunity of place before us. God, it's with the lens of possibility I look forward to being a person of greater patience. God, help me. God, I I invite you to be part of that journey in my life. God, I want to be a more patient person because I know I'll be a better father, a better friend, a better parent, a better husband, a better pastor. But God, I pray that it'd be true for each of us. Holy Spirit, help us, I pray, because this is one we cannot do on our own. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. www.cofcpenrith.org. Dot O-R-G.